All right, so uh, our, obviously we're going to have a relationship boot camp, and it covers, as we were talking about, at 9.15. So our 9.15, our 10.30, and our 7 on Wednesday is going to be tailored towards relationships. And again, we're not, it's not just about marriage. Um, it's not just about those that are engaged. Uh, it's singles. It's your relationships with people at church. Your relationship with God is your relationship with the, your coworkers, relationship with mommy, daddy, cousin, sister, brother, whatever, you know, it's relationships in general. And the thing is, one of the things that, that me and my wife has discovered is for years in church, mm-hmm. relationships is the thing that, are, that, that is not highlighted enough. Like, like we go into situations and we really just don't know how to navigate through relationship. You know, uh, we, we know how to win games, us guys, we know how to win games, we know how to fix stuff, build stuff, and and what y'all doing on? <laughs> All right, so, 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 but, but relationships is something that a lot of times we're not taught. But guess what? I don't care what we do. I don't care if we're a super athlete. I don't care if we're an actor, singer, engineer. Uh, we work in construction. There's one common thing that we all deal with is relationships. And, and, and this, is, this is another thing. Uh, me and my cousin was talking, we were talking about our, our foster care experiences. But guess what? In a lot of cases, you know how you end up in foster care? Because of relationships. You know, my parents end up divorced. And it wasn't a planned divorce. Divorces aren't necessarily planned. Um, and what happened was they, uh, the timing was I, was I was just being born. So I might have been like one, one and a half or whatever. And, you know, my mom got fed up. She took the kids. And my, uh, but... My dad, you know, you know how us guys are, they're my kids, you know what I'm saying? So he took the kids back, but I was, you know, and the only way he, he got them, because they was in school, but I wasn't in school. I was in diapers, you know. So they thought it would be best my mom continue to nurture me for a while, maybe another month or so, and then we called in the New Jersey Department, what was it? Is it diapers? Department of Family Youth Services. Division of Youth and Family Service. That's my cousin I was talking about that had a similar experience. So, and so, so uh, they they took me. They took me after a month. So my mom rolled holding a stroller, crying, and uh, I. So so my dad was supposed to get settled and come back and get me, but my dad was kicking it. You know, he's just hanging out. So he he felt it's better off that I stayed where I was. So I I I was raised by strangers for 17 years. You know, I reunited my family at 14. Well, my dad at 14 and my mom, we really didn't really connect till 28. But my whole point is, that's because of a relationship. You know, and, and if so if we don't understand, if we don't get this right, we're gonna crush our children. Our children are affected. All of my brothers and sisters, if you talk to, we all were affected. Even though I was with, I was with different folk, and a lot of y'all can attest, you've been affected by relationships. Oh, uh, Listen, I was a drinking, smoking, getting high, uh, bitter, inward for a long time. But all because of a relationship. So, so think about now, I'm, I'm destroying folk. I mean, I'm running through folk. I'm running through relationships. I'm, I'm abusing people. I'm doing all types of stuff all because of relationships. So... 
we invest a lot of time with relationships. We've done about 15 marriages, maybe uh, more. more um, uh, we actually, uh, how long you been married now, Natalie? Oh, five. Five, five years. years. So five yeah. years ago, the Lord shifted uh, things. Me and my wife do all the counseling, but the stringers asked us to marry them together as a couple. So we went to Louisiana. Uh, we got licenses in Louisiana. We license everywhere now. Yeah. You know, we got licenses in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> like, um, and we went down there and married them. <laughs> right. And from that, that marriage, we offer that. So, so every marriage since the Stringers, we've uh, married together. And, and you, you guys went through, what, a year, a year and a half? Yep. Wow, was it that long? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the, uh, the premarital, yeah. the courtship. They, uh, they, they embraced the whole process. They, they kept their hands off each other um, until they got, went, went down that aisle. Terrence told us it was hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said it was hard. But I, after six months, he said, Pastor, I don't went this far. I got to keep going. <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, they, they, have a, they have a wonderful relationship. Uh, and so we, you can't get everything. The, the year and a half is good, and you can get a lot. Um, everybody don't have a year and a half. Some people have only had three months of counseling. Some people only had uh, two months because you got to customize it depending on people's situation. But we understand that we got to spend every year investing a lot of time in talking about relationships. So as we earlier today, uh, I'm going to let Pastor Mel chime in on this. Uh, we talked about some things. So we're going to just do a discussion based on earlier today because some of y'all wasn't here for 915, 915, 915, 915. <laughs> All right, so some of y'all wasn't here. We're going to do a discussion, and then we're going to bring you guys into the discussion. So whether it's your comments or your questions, uh, we're going to, you can, uh, we'll have somebody come and give you a mic. You don't have to leave. So your voice will be recorded, you know. That, but we won't, we was thinking about have putting an extra chair up here and bringing y'all up here, but that wouldn't be fair to everybody. All right, so just, just so you have to chime in. And again, some of this will be convicting. Some of it will be challenging. Uh, a lot of it will be enlightening. We told the people earlier to uh, embrace the humility, trust God, stay open. Um, it's going to be some things are going to be different because we, we, you know, we stick to our guns. Mr. Lamar told me uh, I we breeze past the whole legalism thing. A lot of people don't like accountability. They don't like responsibility. They don't like anything where, where they have to share in a choice. They want to be in control, you know, and relationships are about accountability, responsibility, and I yield to you and give you permission to be yourself, and my whole focus is giving to you. I'm a tree. I produce fruit. I don't eat my own fruit. Orange trees don't, orange trees don't eat their own oranges. So everything I produce is for someone else to partake of, is for my wife to partake of, and vice versa. Yeah, let me let me just you shared a little bit about how relationships actually affected you. But I think it's important for me to share even how it affected me. Um, I grew up actually my parents actually had three uh, daughters and they ended up getting a divorce. And um, my mom, she ended up uh, basically um, using alcohol to numb the pain. Um, my dad 
uh, he was in his own world and so as a result of that we were left with uh, strangers a lot of times a lot of times we actually raised ourselves because even with the strangers that we were left in um, they weren't responsible people and as a result um, you know I was molested uh, quite a bit of time um, growing up um, and so but all because of these two people that didn't know that their choices and the decisions that they were going to make was going to affect our life and so um, so I grew up basically having a mom and dad in my life but not having a mom and dad to 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 rear me to you know to develop me to grow me and so as a result I pretty much grew myself um, I learned um, even about the womanhood you know you come into your your cycle and and uh, but I didn't have that conversation with my mother so if you can only imagine what that was like you know when it happened what is this you understand what I'm saying um, and then from there I uh, ended up you know getting into a relationship uh, to make a long story short I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 15 um, I hid the pregnancy for seven months if you think about seven months living with your mother how is that possible it's possible when you're not looked at when no one's paying you attention and so um, I hid it for seven months and it was really <laughs> it was all God to be honest with you because um, I was scheduled to have a saltwater poison abortion um, and I don't know if any of you know but that's where they disintegrate the the baby at the baby and then you have to deliver the baby parts um, and uh, somehow or another, uh, I remember my mother asking me, she says, so what do you want? And so something fell through, but the, I was supposed to have this abortion. So anyway, but uh, so from there, I mean, it's just so one, from their choices and decision, it affected my life. I have a baby at 16, and then the choices and decisions that I made started to bleed and, and affect his life. And so it just becomes the snowball effect. So relationships, the reason why we're so passionate about it, because we understand that so many people have been hurt by it. He ended up in a foster home, and I was sharing with him, I would rather be in a foster home, because at least I felt like I would have been taken care of. You know, we went, we went um, times without eating. Um, people say, oh, why does she like food so much? <laughs> well, it probably <laughs> stemmed from when I was growing up, we didn't have food. So there were times I had to steal for food. There were times that, uh, and I don't mind saying this, but this is the reality, but I actually ate like the crumbs of the dog food. You know how the, at, the, at the bottom, I ate the crumbs of the dog food. So, but all because of relationship. And so we, we don't think that where we are in life is not going to affect people that are coming down the pipe your generation lineages can be affected by relationships and so we got to get it right we got to not only know how to deal with our uh, uh, immediate relationships but even outside relationships on the jobs and we don't realize that all these opportunities that God allows us to touch people's lives is really growing us to become good people in relationships mm. 
So even though you're on your job, you think, oh, well, this is not going to really affect my personal life. Yes, it does. How many people go home after they are at their job, the boss done ticked them off or somebody on a coworker, and now you are actually bleeding it into your family life, and now your, your, your husband or your wife is getting the brunt of what happened at the job. All because what? A relationship. And so we got to know how to navigate, how to deal with these relationships that God has afforded us to be around. It's not by happenstance that you are where you are on your job. It's not by happenstance that you are even raised in the family that you are. Because although my situation was traumatic, I learned so much. I grew from the things that I learned. I didn't let what happened to me hold me back. You don't have to let what happened to you hold you back. You can actually grow from that and learn from that. See, it's not what happens to you that determines the outcome. It's how you respond to what happens to you. That really, really catapults you to the level that really God wants you to have. So all these little experiences that we have every single day is culminating to really one thing, and that is for your growth. But if you look at it as people tripping, if you look at it as they treat me bad, if you look at it, it you know, like, like they got a problem, but I don't, fix them and not me, then you're, you're running away from opportunities to be stretched and developed and grown as men and women of God. God is trying to build his kingdom. And interesting enough, he uses relationships to do it. So when we, we run across a person or persons that rub us the wrong way, like your husband or your wife, <laughs> like your children, instead of looking at them as a thorn in the flesh, you've got to look at them as an opportunity, like a catalyst to get you to where God really wants you. He uses people, places, and circumstances to bring about his perfect will. But if we run from the very things that is really pushing us, then we'll end up being stagnant and staying that same little girl, that same little boy. All of us can attest to it. There are people, everybody in here, there's a little boy and a little girl inside each one of us. And sometimes, and most oftentimes, we tap into that little boy and that little girl that was never healed. And we're playing out our lives, dealing with this, this little melody, this little key on the inside. Because why? We, did, we never got developed. God is trying to develop us. And so we can't run away from relationships. As much as we want to, it's, it's, not, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not, it's not what's best. And so although I look at my life and I'm in hindsight, you know, you, you, you got hindsight, insight, foresight. You know, when I think about my life, I am all the more who I am because of having gone through everything that I've gone through. Now, one would say, well, how can you get, how can anything good come from being molested? You say that. How, how can anything be good come from that? But to be honest with you, molested, eating, you know, not eating, uh, you know, just all the things I went through. I don't have enough time to even tell you everything that I went through. But I'm telling you as, I, as I'm sitting here today, I don't know what type of person I would be having not gone through that stuff. If I was privileged and, and honored to, or, or privileged to have all the money in the world, would I appreciate what the little things that I have? Would I even appreciate the great things I have? I don't think I would, 
But having gone through the things I've went through, man, the appreciation is so great. Sometimes it's almost to the point where a person's like, it ain't all that deep. But to me it is. And to have a heart of gratitude is, a, is probably one of the biggest steps in, in really uh, uh, allowing God to be magnified and glorified. Because the bigger your story is, the bigger the glory he gets. And so it's important that we understand these relationships, y'all. It's, it's on purpose. It is on purpose. And so you can find purpose in every situation, bad, good, ugly, indifferent, whatever. You can find purpose in everything. The scripture talks about all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are the call to his purpose. And so that's the good, the bad, the ugly, all the stretching and things that we went through at, uh, early in our relationship. At the time, no, it was uncomfortable. At, at the time, it was disheartening. But it all worked out for good because now we see the bigger picture. So I just wanted to bring that out. All right, so we, we were talking earlier about, because she talked about having a heart of gratitude and how she went through a lot. And remember, we were talking earlier this morning about the heart. Mm. And we were saying how, you know, the scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. <laughs> and then it goes in right after it shares that it goes in to, to, to tell you pretty much to stay focused and to be focused. And so we were talking earlier how the heart, the heart is almost like, a, it's the foothold. You know, I was, you know, I watch a lot of military uh, movies and it's like, if we get here, we win. <laughs> like, whichever one of us gets here, we win. The scripture says the kingdom of, of heaven suffers violence, the violence take it by force. What it means is, the adversary is using everything in his being to try to attack and to take your heart. Yeah. Like violently going after your heart. But when that scripture tells us to guard our heart, are we violently trying to protect our heart? Because a lot of times we're so casual, we were talking about how Pastor Mel shared earlier how this morning, how you, you gotta love yourself. You have to love your heart enough to care for it, not just put your heart in any and every situation. You know, I look, we look at relationships, so, you know, here we have a relationship with God, we have a relationship with each other, so now we have to navigate all our other relationships, are they gonna do something to keep our heart pure and protected, or are they gonna corrupt our heart? They're gonna put us in compromised situations, or, or we just gonna wing it, we just, we're just going to be around anybody, and we're going to do anything. That's people that don't care about their heart. And the, your heart is, 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 as we talked about earlier today, is the key. What harmonizes us is our hearts. We say some crazy stuff with our head. Uh, we have different preferences. We have different things that we like to do different ways. Of course, after 26 years, you know, I'm more spontaneous, and she plans more. You know what I'm saying? But... That surface stuff, what keeps us rolling is our heart. But if, we, if I'm the same bitter guy that I was going through all those years of stuff, we're not here as one, the best of friends, 20, 27 years later, really, um, from when we met, um, 26 year, years later from when we married, because our hearts, I messed up the signal. You ever sit around 
around anybody. It could be friendships. It could be a relationship. And now you can't read that person. You start to second guess if they love you. You start to question if they're true when they walk out the house or when they're doing stuff. That's because either they've hardened their heart, their heart's been disconnected or been corrupted or been stolen by the adversary without their knowledge. So now that changes a relationship. Think about, you know, I, I look at, I watch our son, and I remember uh, when, when he was younger, like, it was just like uh, us as a team. We was all doing stuff. We'd go here. His birthday's uh, two days before mine. We'd go to the amusement park, this, that, and the other. But then I remember when he started hanging out, and he allowed stuff into his heart. Well, there, it wasn't the same flow. I could say the same things I was saying before he started hanging out, and now is, you trying to put me down. You mad at me. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? But what? Something happened to his heart. Think about your relationships at church. Everything's going great. Everything is fine. But something comes up with there's a misunderstanding. Did you allow that to change your heart? Because once your heart's changed now, it's like, well, I never really liked them anyway. Really? So you got to watch, you have to watch what you do with your heart. I wanted to read uh, some passages of Scripture. you have a thought about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about how the Scripture talks about guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. But I also think that we need to keep our whole heart open. So it's not guard your heart and, you know, close your heart. It's, there's a difference between guarding your heart and closing your heart. Hardening it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, hardening. That's what I mean by hardening. When you close your heart, you are hardening your heart. And, and so your heart has to be open because um, that's where love flows through. That's where God wants to use your heart to be able to, like, love on people for you to receive love from him um, in order for you to give love. Because it's hard for you to give it if you don't receive it, right? So the heart has to remain open. You know, I, I talked about how you could tell people's uh, uh, demeanor when they close their heart because they'll say something like this. I just ain't going to do it. Nope. That's uh-uh. Right, can't nobody tell but me can't nobody tell you, you know, you, you, you cross your, your hands and get indignant, you know, like, this, no, this is the way I am. Well, what you do when you do that is you're closing your heart. God wants us to, our hearts to remain open so that, you know, now the garden is good because, you know, you want to use discernment. If someone hurts you, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. Uh, you want to use discernment. But, but even in that situation, you know how you're in a marriage and, and let's say you have some harsh words towards each other or there's a misunderstanding, let's say. And, but let's say that for a long time the misunderstanding was, I don't know, um, you, I don't know, you, you're mean to me. I don't know. You're, you're harsh with your words. Well, here's the thing. If you set up in your brain that this person is harsh with their words, you've already locked it into your memory. You've locked it into your heart. So now when God is always trying to evolve us and change us, the person on the inside, you can't see the change right away. But that doesn't mean change is not happening. But if you lock in your brain that this is just the way the person is, right. then you're setting yourself up in that person's for failure. Because the thing about it is, we, and all of us do it, that you know that person is just this no we all are evolving yeah, can't, yeah. i can't tell them nothing you yeah know how many families don't talk to a sibling because they say you can't talk to them right 
you know, or how, how many times you're in a relationship and it's like, no, you think you know everything, so I don't even gonna bother talking to you. The person could have been spending months processing through everything you've said and realized, man, I need to be more open. Mm -hmm. So they're ready to be open, but you've locked them into your perception of how they've always been. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you've hardened your heart. You know, uh, the scripture tells us in Proverbs, you know, it talks about protecting your heart, but in Proverbs 6, it tells you not to open, it tells the guys not to open yourself up to particular women. Proverbs 6, 24 through, uh, through, through 20, um, 24 through 28. And then 1 Peter 3 says something. Because, you know, when we talk about protecting our heart, there's so many different ways that we have to protect our heart. Me and my wife, we was just uh, sitting around talking about this the other day in terms of, like, really establishing boundaries where you don't allow yourself, allow things to, to corrupt your heart or to pull you out of harmony in your relationships. So 1 Peter 3 which is a powerful chapter by itself. But it says this, it says in, in um, verse three, it says, it says, who's adorning? Well, let me just, I'm, I'm gonna start with verse one. It says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any be obey not the word, they also may be, uh, they also may without the word be won by your com conversation of the wise. When it says conversation in that chapter, it's talking about by your manner of living. Mm -hmm. So you can pull somebody over if you don't change your heart. A lot of times we change our heart and it's kind of hard to move another person without your heart. Your heart is the key to uh, move people to change. Verse two, it says, it says, while they behold your chase con conversation again your manner of living coupled with fear or reverence look who's adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel but let it be the let it be the hidden man of the heart in which is not corruptible see again protect the heart don't let it be corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price for after this manner, the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. All right. Well, well, the emphasis here is I'm working so much on, on adorning my heart, taking care of my heart more than the outer person. So and, and the reason why that's important is because our heart is what attracts the 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 harmonious, healthy relationship, the right person. The right person is looking for your heart. Even in a relationship, we were looking for each other's hearts. But if our heart's hard, if my heart's hard, we're in a marriage, but we're not together. We're almost like roommates. In a family, if a heart's hard, we're in the family, but we're not together. As a single, I, say, I go to church, but, I, but I'm not with God. Because that my heart is the gauge. That's the key. And, you know, we always talk about people, you know, uh, the question was asked. I didn't like this particular show, but the, the question was asked, is, is there a perfect person for you and, and, and a perfect person for you? Hmm. So this pastor said, no, I don't think that there's I, I don't know how. I was picturing the ride home because it was a couple. It was a talk show. 
And it was a couple wow. talking. So the guy says, no, I don't think it's just one person for you. You know. And so I was like, now how's that going to go over? You're going to get in the car and the wife's like, okay, so do you have other options? I can see, I can see how that goes. But, but the thing is, if we go by Genesis, the Bible said God, fear, well, Psalms says God fearfully and wonderfully makes us. Then he says, I, I, I created a help me suitable for you, custom design for you. Now, the struggle people say is, okay, well, where is this custom design person? Well, that person could be right around you, but if your heart is covered with uh, bitterness, offense, compromise, you're in a compromised relationship, well, all that does is flood your heart. A person can't see your heart. They can't pick up the signal. So you got to protect your heart. You just can't compromise your heart. So, so when this says adorn your heart, it's, it's, you have to care for your heart. As Pastor Mel was saying, when you care about yourself, you care for your heart. And, and, and you know, the scripture says God doesn't even look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He's looking at where your heart is. Before God promotes us and gives us what we desire, he's checking that heart. If that heart's not ready, God's like, I'm not advancing you nowhere. So we can look good on the outside. We could be educated. We can know every scripture in the Bible. But if our heart is not right, and think about what's the thing that we carry around that's been affecting our relationships? Our heart. Some of us have been carrying around unforgiveness for the longest. I'll say it again. Some of us have been carrying around unforgiveness for the longest. We'll mask it in good deeds because, you know, we, you know, we, some of us have been taught, uh, what do you call it, penance. So we, we'll do good deeds. So I'll do good deeds for these seven people over here. But I tell you what, I ain't speaking to that person right there. Because I, but we think it's okay for us to harbor unforgiveness with anyone. We don't realize that that corrupts your heart. It throws off your signal. Your blessings can't find you. The, 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 the fulfilling relationship can't find you. And you, you, you ever been around people, some of y'all been around like older people. I don't want to say age because somebody might be the age. But, I just, <laughs> but you, ever, you ever been, and it seemed like they, they mad all the time. Irritable all the time. That's a corrupted heart that never healed. That's a heart that's forgotten how to love. And the thing is, you, you, at first it's not obvious, but after a while, you can't hide it. If it's been that way so long, you don't even know how to hide it. You're just nasty. That, you ain't getting no favor on the job. Listen, it's the grace of God that I kept jobs. Because I was a bitter Inward. It's the grace of God that I, I was this far from losing jobs. Because it's like, can't nobody talk to him. And, don't, and listen, don't challenge me. Because I just break you down because I could. I'm wrong, though. But I, but I would have, by the time the conversation over, you'd be thinking you wrong. No, for real. That, that, I'm not making this up. Like, by the time the conversation was over, they'd be like, maybe I am. Maybe we should handle it. Just uh, leave Keith alone. But I was wrong. Dead, I can tell you a thousand times I did wrong. But I broke him down, though. Because, see, my heart wasn't allowing any level of correction. Any level of instruction. The, what? Don't, don't even think about it. 
And that's dangerous. Some, we like this sometimes in church. Somebody say, okay, well, we need you to do this this way. People start snapping and get offended because you've been hiding so long. See, see the, the thing about what Pastor Mel said, think about a hard heart. Can't nothing get in. You ain't going to grow. Okay, at the place that you're, you got offended, you have unforgiveness, and you're bitter. Okay, so, so I want you to look at, look at whoever did it, Look at what happened right now. At that place, now I want you to look at where your maturity was. I don't care if you was 15. You're still at that place of maturity. You're older, but you haven't grown up. You can't grow up. Nothing else has gotten in. Nothing else has gotten in. You're still, you're just an older child. And if people were honest with you, because the only way you can break into that heart is the truth. They will tell you, you're a child. You're childish. But see, they know what they're not telling you? Because you are so hard, you're going to snap on them. Truth frees you, but you can't even receive the truth. Because your heart is hard. And you're walking around in this bubble thinking it's going to be okay, but you're going to be that older, bitter, nasty person alone. Ain't nobody coming to the, see, because y'all go to these nursing homes, and a lot of times, because you don't know the person's life, you go, how come nobody visit that person's nursing home? Because of the life that they live. They will have hard hearts. But you said, see, that's not right. People need to come visit. No, you don't know what that person did to people. People that love people, people flock in droves, nursing homes, funerals, everybody's there. People that are bitter, Die alone. That's Bible. And some of us created a bubble, and after a while, God's going to turn you over to that bubble. Oh, you got a bubble? Can't nobody get in? Can't nobody tell you nothing? The Bible calls it a reprobate mind. He's going to turn you over to that mind, and you're going to be alone. So everything you've trained yourself for, you're going to get. You've trained yourself to box everybody out, be open to no one, and to be isolated. Guess what? You're going to get being by yourself. So think about it. Every time you're snapping, every time somebody tells you something, get ready to be alone. Because that's not attractive. Do you have a thought? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know that... <laughs> Yeah, that that that's that's good. That's good because you know unforgiveness is one of Satan's weapons that he uses to destroy saints. Um, and that that interesting enough, the unforgiveness that we have towards people, um, interesting enough, we think that we're affecting the other person, and they ain't thinking about us. <laughs> Poison, I, I mean, person to die. well, it's, it's, it's really, and, and what makes us so uh, tragic is not only are they not thinking about us, but to be honest with you, they still got power. Like we just handed over them power. And it's, 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 it's and, and, and then we get upset because we, don't understand why we feel some kind of way every time we're in a person's presence. Well, you, you've been drinking that power. 
You 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 done given them well, you done you done gave them your power. And so you feel powerless. And so when you are in unforgiveness, and I really believe, I think thank you for touching on this. I, I really believe unforgiveness is just one of hell's uh weapon to destroy us. Because he knows that unforgiveness is at the root of who we are. And if you can clean up the out, you know, the, 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 the smile, you can clean up, you know, all that. But the root of who you are, that's where the fruit's going to be. And so the unforgiveness is at the root, the core of a human being. The heart is at the core, right? Right. And so if that is corrupted with this unforgiveness that you've allowed this person to infiltrate your being, that's a tragic situation. The situation happened in a moment, but you took that situation and, and, and spread it over your whole lifetime. That's, that's insanity. It happened in a moment. And we take it years and years and years and years to the point where you forget it's even there until that person comes around. <laughs> or you hear about, you know, the person. So unforgiveness is, is a, it's a horrible thing if we don't understand the effect that it has on our life. It will kill us. And when I say it will kill us, I'm talking about a lot of these diseases come from unforgiveness. Right. Cancer. It's coming from a cellular level. Schizophrenia, mental illness. All, all of those things, y'all. Is, is, see, we, th we think we're paying the person back by thinking that we're releasing them. You, 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 we, we, you know what I'm saying? Well, if I, don't, if I don't forgive them, then I'm releasing them. No, the scripture says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But we think that we can pay back more than what God can pay back. We got to let it go. It happened to us. Look, sometimes we, we, don't, we may not know the reason why. But don't take it into your lifetime. You've got your past. You've got your present. And you've got your future. And anything that happened in your past that's bad shit really don't even really belong in your future. The future hasn't happened yet. Why would you drag it in there? It's a book called Pigs in a Parlor I, mm. I, I read a long time ago. And um, it'll really give you a full understanding of some of these mental illnesses. Mm. I read it because, you know, uh, my mom, I've never had a mother and son relationship with her, but she, before she passed uh, around Thanksgiving, my mom was bitter and unforgiving. So she dealt with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. It's an incubator, mental illness, Unforgiveness is an incubator for mental illness. Think about the people that you know that are unforgiving and bitter. I'm saying this respectfully, so, so it, it, it may relate to you. They're some flaky people, gifted. Some of them are gifted. Some, the gift in the calling of God without repentance. Some of them have prophetic gifts. Some of them have gifts of healing and stuff like that. But you, they can't be used because they, they're, they're uh, how can I say, they're... Uh, it's their gift is being tainted with bitterness. They got all this nasty trying to display a gift. Who wants a nasty gift? So you got this wonderful gift you bought for somebody and you put it in a filthy package. And you go, here you go. Here you go, right, here you go. 
He like, man, no, no. Like, like he won't even, you won't even open it. But, but that's what it is. We're, we're corrupting ourselves by not releasing some of these things, you know. And for years, you know, I, I just talked to my mom about it. I was like, like, mom, like, you know, you bitter. That person ain't thinking about you. But I wasn't saying it to be cold. I was saying they, they dealing with whatever they mess is, you know, whatever issues they got in their life. But they sure ain't thinking about what they did to you or what you allowed them to do. And so, so, so we got to, me, I was, I was ruining my life and everybody around me because I was a bitter. And I had to let it go. And a guy, uh, a pastor, uh, shared something with me. This is sealed, I guess it is. And uh, I was at this service, and this, well, he had a piece of paper, but I'm going to use the bottle. Please don't burst. Uh, so he said the bottle is, un is unforgiveness, and he attached it to the podium. And he said, he said, if you ask me to go anywhere, to advance anywhere in this room, he said, I can't go because I'm attached to this. He said, for me to advance or to move on, I have to release it. And when, now, he had a piece of paper, so when he released it, it just fell, like, you know, but he was able to move on when he released it. See, so it's the same thing. Like we hold us, for me, I was, I was locked into that bitterness. I was locked in that bitterness and I felt that my behavior was justified because I didn't choose what caused the bitterness. But all I was doing was saying that I have a right to destroy my life. That's all I was doing, because that's what I was doing. I was destroying my life. You know, I have a right, you know, uh, some people looking down going, oh, I remember somebody said, Keith Bradley got a heart. I didn't know there was a heart in there. And, and, and so, so that's the thing. We have to release things to move on. And again, now our heart starts to heal. You know, I like it, whether it's cancer or different types of uh, disease or sickness, they got to cut it out. And when they cut it out, since, since now it's not there to corrupt it, it gives it that, that, that organ a chance to heal. And so when we take out of the unforgiveness and the bitterness, it gives our heart a, an opportunity to heal. But, but sometimes, you know what we do? We'll, we'll, out of desperation, we'll go into another situation. And we're not really healed. We'll go into another situation. We're still bitter. We're still upset. Now we create craziness in that situation. And then now our heart's harder. Then we'll take that into another situation. Like we never give our ch ourselves a chance to truly heal. And you got to embrace some truth. You can forgive people. To, uh, we talked about a meek and quiet spirit. You know what meekness is? Meekness is willing to persuade and return for attack. Moses was considered meek. If you study, study out Moses, his brother and sister uh, flipped on him, Miriam and Aaron. It was like, well, you, you ain't the only one to hear from God. Miriam got leprosy. The scripture says Moses prayed for them. He didn't go, yeah, look at you with all them boils. What you got to say now? I can't hear you. What you say? Who hears from God? Huh? Tell me. Tell me who hears from God. Who's your daddy? Like, <laughs> he, he didn't do that. It says he, he, he interceded for them. Mm -hmm. now, 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 again, Moses, man, that's a nice guy. He prayed for them. How many of you are praying for people that's hurt you? How many people, when you get around them, your first thought is reconciliation? Again, I, 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 we're not talking about abuse. We're not saying, this person's abusing me. I'm, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Abuse me more. That's not what we're saying. 
you should always be available for reconciliation. That's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. There's some people that are manipulative and you have to, they got to go through their brokenness before you can reconcile, but your heart should be always be there to reconcile. It's not because you're carrying around bitterness. And so the Bible says, look, bless them that despitefully use you. Matthew 5, read through the Beatitudes. Is this in there? It says, love your enemies. Mm -hmm. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. that, it's in the scripture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look, we be quoting scriptures, how come we ain't quoting that one? <laughs> yeah, you tell somebody in the Bible, an eye for an eye. What about the scripture, pray for your enemies? So, so the, the Bible says, tells us you do some unorthodox things. Uh, Father, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. How many of y'all would have done that? Y'all be like, get them, daddy. Well, get them, right, get them. Right. Get these fools <laughs> talking trash, right? Or, or Stephen. He, listen, man, they don't know what they're doing, man. Don't charge this to their account. Stephen getting stoned. Don't charge it because they don't understand. How many of y'all going to get stoned knowing you see the presence of God? So you're like, I'm going to be with God. And they ain't going to like look back like, yeah, now what? Like, see, that's, that's, that's the, when it says adorn yourself with a meek and quiet spirit. And listen, I'm not telling you it's easy. It's hard. To quote uh, Terrence Stringer, it's hard. <laughs> it is. It's hard, but you have to do it. And we, we think about this like as we grow as leaders, people do all types of stuff to hurt us, to, to disregard us. Somebody may talk about us before they talk to us. Well, we still have to love them people no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what, what I've always said to myself is, hey, could y'all just use one of the times you know, like, like, you know, like you save up, like, uh, uh, get out of jail free or get out of offense free. Could y'all do it one time? Because what we do is the first opportunity a person has to get offended, they've gotten offended. Like, now we don't went 38 times having to forgive you. The one time you have to forgive us, you mad forever. <laughs> I like, that just don't, the odds just don't, is that fair, Minister Sammy? That ain't right, is it? <laughs> right so it takes a lot of love as we're talking about to grow in relationships even as a church family because okay I don't know about Pastor Mel I do but I don't know if I was, well Pastor, Pastor Keith's going to rub you the wrong way eventually I'm going to tell you ahead of time <laughs> I ain't need no amens <laughs> I knew it was going to be somebody, you know. You knew it was going to be somebody. That's why I be picking with you all the time. See? I don't like to say nothing. Yeah, look. It, but it's true. I'm going to... I'm gonna, hey. Yeah. They going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 look. You see? You see the bookends. Right. But this is the key. It's not because it's about me. Very few of us have people in their life that's willing to address behavior and tell them the truth no matter what. Talk about the uncomfortable stuff. How many people in your life that say you love you, you fat and they're going to be talking about how fat you are? Don't be looking at me crazy. I'm just answering the question. How many people just going to tell you fat? 
See, y'all, y'all, y'all tripping, <laughs> right? But, but, see, stop, babe. But I do nothing. But a true friend will tell you, right? No, 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 no. Uh, they only had like three rights. <laughs> a true friend would. Do you know? That that's health concerns. When people be be dying, it didn't start that day. But guess what? They had a bunch of friends around them that could could could. Ah, I, oh, now you might want to not go to Krispy Kreme no more. <laughs> Ever again for the rest of your life. Yeah, I, 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 I use fat for a reason because I know that, that, you know, people be sensitive about stuff like that. All right, but what about just the relationships, the people you're hanging out with? Evil communications corrupt good manners, corrupt your heart. So a good friend would be like, you realize you, you, you're not the same ever since you've been hanging around such and such? How many of you can, can somebody tell you that? Because we don't even roll like that. Some of us are puppets. We'll be around anybody that, that pulls our strings. You know how they pull your strings. You wonderful. You so great. I don't know what I could do without you. Otherwise, interpret, I'm about to use you, but I'm going to keep you pumped up the whole time. What friend, I'm in, this, I'm in this wonderful covenant with my wife. What friend would be advising me to do things that's not going to harmonize my, my covenant? That ain't no friend. That's not a friend. Oh, so you, you impact now. It's like that now. Oh. You got to ask your mommy to, to hang out. <laughs> can, did mommy say you can come out and watch the game? <laughs> That's my friend. Because mm. yeah. mm. my friend will be like, listen, dude. Do what you got to do. Your covenant is more important <laughs> than us. Mm. Who you live with. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna tell you that. Like, all right, all right, you can be trying to kick it if you want to. You better take care of the house. Then we like that ministry. Uh, we had to do something uh, as a family. Great, fine. That's the that's that's most important. How many people your relationships have changed because because the people that you love are around the wrong people? I'm even talking about the 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 parent relationships. How many times the boys trip when they're around idiots? Yeah, you can say amen. They ain't going to do nothing. Because <laughs> they're going to pick with, they're going to say amen once, once I start getting on you, the, the parents. Yeah, so. You understand what I'm saying? So, so go ahead, babe. I, I almost went on a tangent. Sorry. Well, okay, so I want to get back to the unforgiveness. And I'm a very visual person, right? And I think about, like, um, the way God designed us physically, I'm saying, anatomy. And if you think about it, he designed us to what? Eat, right? We receive things through our mouth. We receive things through our sight. We receive things through our hearing. I mean, we receive, right? We take in, and this is what I'm saying. We take in. We take in, you know, thoughts. That's the other thing. We take in what we see. We take in what we say. I mean, it's really coming, out, coming up out of us from the way we think. But the thing I thought about is, when we take in food, this is a wonderful, really, illustration to me. <laughs> so when we take in food, right, 
And imagine if we never ever got the opportunity to eliminate the food that we put in us that eventually turns in to toxins. And poison. Mm-hmm. So imagine you just keep eating. There's no it's outlet. It's a wonderful illustration. It's nasty. No, but it is. But this is for a fact. This is for a fact. This is just for a fact. Think about it. You're just eating and consuming and consuming all the donuts, all the pork, all the beef, and it just keeps rottening in your system, and you have no way to release it. I said that to say God created us to be able to receive and release, receive and release. So now what happens is he designed our bodies in such a way where it knows how to take all the nutrients and everything that we need. We don't say, okay, uh, when I eat this piece of beef, okay, beef, I want you to go here. I want you to go there. I want you. No, your body naturally knows how to process it to give your body the nourishment that it needs. And the leftovers, guess what? It releases. It's waste. It's waste. It's called waste. And so with that analogy, I want you to think about it. When you take in something that is not right, the unforgiveness, the hurt, the pain, that's not supposed to stay in your system and fester. Otherwise, it becomes what? Toxic. 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 Poison. (laughs) Poison. We have been designed to take in and eliminate So now when things happen to you, what you need to start doing, what we need to start doing is asking, is this something that I'm supposed to keep or is it something I'm supposed to eliminate? That way you keep your whole system flowing. See, otherwise you become what they call the Dead Sea. When you think about the Dead Sea, things go in, but they don't come out. And when you think about that rotten piece of meat that, that you ate uh, last year, it's still in your system. Ten years ago, it's still in your system. See, the, 15, 20 years. Yes. The thing is, it's to me, I think, your I think the body is a wonderful analogy of how God created us to receive and eliminate. Because if you don't eliminate, then you're going to stay stuck and be what? Constipated. Irritable. Irritable, because that's what happens. You, you get bloated. You get irritable. I mean, all, it's just it's nasty. And don't, and don't, 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 don't. And I'm being gross here, but this is what's happening. This is really what's happening. He showed this to me. And, 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 and then you passing gas all over the place. <laughs> it's just nasty. So... So, so the thing about it, the thing about it, y'all, th- yes, that's, see, all of that, it builds up gases in your system. Mm. So that's every, why. Every time something comes out of you, it's funky. It's funky. <laughs> it's funky. You speak is funky. You speak is funky. Your attitude is funky. Mm. Your breath is funky. Every, think about it. It affects every area of your life. You start smelling. Now, I don't know about this, y'all, if y'all know. But you can, you, sometimes you can tell even what a person eats by the, just being around them. You really can. The, the, chemis- the, 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 the chemistry, the stuff that comes, you know what I'm talking about. What, what is it? What do you call that? Your pores. The, your pores. It comes out of your pores. 
you know and so we gotta we i'm saying that to for a fact because i really want us to see that's what unforgiveness starts to be like you receive the the, what happened okay It, it happened whatever the tragedy happened okay but if you don't deal with it in the moment you will take it and you'll store it and then now it becomes like the food that we eat stored for years Mm. that's exactly what it's like y'all i mean it really is it's like that you you ever see people (laughs) uh, i'm not picking with you but people are you gonna pick with me (laughs) wait a minute he said i'm not picking with you but But are you okay so 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 (laughs) in the early years (laughs) what she just said her the way she she struggled with processing food okay is that right I just said it like that. Break, I break it down. Huh? There's yeah. no shame in my game. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. But she would be constipated a lot. <laughs> I just put it that way. Right. And, 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 and so what's so interesting that what she's saying is you ever see people, okay, they're, they're, they're how can I say, their body is not processing things properly, but they walk around smiling. But that, I mean, they, they smiling, but you can see there's something else behind the smile. You can see something ain't right. They're not healthy, huh. right? But it, 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 just for the record, I tell you, it looks so fake on you. You know, like when you're storing stuff and you're trying to hide it, mm-hmm. so you're trying to present something on the outside, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a, um, a off reflection on your inside. It just doesn't. It don't even look true. Like people go, okay, so what's up with them? It doesn't sound genuine. You sound fake. Now, see, a good a friend will tell you, you sound fake. You don't sound as authentic as maybe you're trying to sound because you, you fake. Because it's not true, right? It's not real. <laughs> some, y'all right? Some of y'all fake? Got some fake people in the house. <laughs> For the fake people, please stand up. No, just, right? It just, it just like, you, 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 everything is rehearsed. Everything is over-accentuated. Everything is theatrical. It's not genuine. And, and why? Because it's not coming from the heart. You're trying to operate and engage people without using your heart. And people connect to hearts. People, I was listening to a guy uh, from Australia who was talking about the, I just love genuine people, authentic people. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay? So now, people that see God have a lot more faith. They operate in a lot more peace. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So imagine if your heart's corrupt. You can't see God, so you live a hopeless life. Worst case scenarios is all you can focus on because you can only go by what you see. You can't see beyond the scene because your heart is too corrupt. It's hard for you to process that. See, so that's why we, you know, we were talking about the heart and she was talking about the unforgiveness and not, let it, not letting it corrupt your heart. We got to get back to keeping our heart wrapped and protected uh, on a daily basis. You know, when stuff is precious to you, you kind of take care of it. You know, that's why you, you, as, you, you know, I, I, I admire... Uh, uh, the Harrises, but Tiffany in particular. She's, she references her parents and she stays within her covering until she gives her heart to someone else. 
right, just make sure I get an amen from over there. All right, so right, all right, so 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 that means now her heart goes from covering to covering, right? That's only greatness, success, and fulfillment. When let's say if she flipped, tripped, and dipped, and her heart got hard, and she left her covering, she divided. You broke break out of your covering or your protection too soon. So now you're out there with an exposed heart, right? And like your heart, generally, you know, you just can't just take your heart and just be walking around the street with it, right? It, 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 it's 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 in its location for a reason. It, it has to be protected. If someone did a heart transplant, they don't just cut the heart out and just throw it over there on the floor. They have to keep that thing covered and protected. So, so we have to keep our hearts protected. See, as singles, we keep our hearts covered, of course, in maintaining relationship in, in a, with our parents, but ultimately in our relationship with God. When the devil tries to get you to compromise, he's after your heart. He knows if I get you from your covering, you got two layers of covering when you're young, you got your God and you got your parents. If I pull you out of that covering, I can get to that heart mm -hmm. because it's unprotected. So we're supposed to stay in a solid relationship with God and cross over into a cut. The men are covering, cross over to a covering where that heart is, but still it stays protected. But when we compromise, when we get bitter, when we just we just out here, we we put, we expose our hearts to the wrong thing. Now we can't even hear God. We can't even see God. We make crazy statements. I don't believe that's true. I listened to a pastor. Used to be a pastor. Uh, nothing in the Bible is true. Not a character in the Bible. He went live. You know, everybody going on Facebook live. And I was like, this dude lost his mind. But, but he didn't really lose his mind. He lost his heart. Think about when, when, when someone breaks your heart. There's a scripture that Jesus came to mend that broken heart. Think about what, what happens and how you don't think right. You don't make the same decision. You, you, you ever been on a road making great decisions? Somebody hurt you or break your heart and everybody thinks something wrong with you now? It seems like you don't went crazy. Because you start doing crazy things. And then you start trying to fix the crazy thing with another crazy thing. You know what that is? A corrupted heart. So we got to work back to being in a position to be healed. And we also got to work back to be in a position to, to, uh, to, to stay covered with God. Or, or stay covered particularly. Uh, in particular, get our hearts back to a place where it can heal again. Mm -hmm. Then we'll start seeing clearly that's where our greatness is. Because otherwise, you're scheming. You're just hustling. You ain't going to never see fulfillment. You're just telling yourself that because your corrupted heart can't see clearly to why God designed you and what your purpose to do. 